Hi and welcome everyone to Story Kit Talks Live. I have lost count of the number of episodes, but I'm going to look for the next episode. Um, for all of you in here live, please ask questions, raise your hands, do whatever, sing a little song. Um, we love when you participate. It makes everything a lot more fun and a lot better. Uh, and today I'm really excited for a good episode because I've been doing a couple of podcasts, talks, uh, these things for a while now. And almost every time I get a question or I come to a point where I have to say, hmm, I need to ask uh, Sophia about that. And it always has to do with paid ads, performance, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And so I'm so happy to have Sofia with me today. So Sofia Eriksson is our performance marketing manager. Hi, Sofia. Hi, Jonna. <laughs> and she's taking care of everything paid at StoryKit. All the paid ads, the social, the Google, the you name it, she's got it covered. And today we're going to talk about things like that, demand gen, funnels, ads, the do's and the don'ts. Uh, so, but I'm going to start with, you've been with us for a little over a year, am I right? Yeah. 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 And I That's remember right. uh, a year ago, maybe a bit over a year ago, I really felt, because we'd ha we had been doing paid ads, especially paid ads on social for quite a long time, quite successfully. Uh, but I really felt that we had reached a plateau. We just, whatever we did, we couldn't see it scale the way we wanted it to. Uh, and then you came in. And since that, we have been able to scale. So tell me, what were the first things you did when you arrived at StoryKit and started working with our things? Um, first, I had to backtrack, like, what campaigns did you do? What kind of activities did you do? Uh, what was strategy back then? Um, I like to see uh, what had been done before me uh, and try to like see what could have worked and what didn't work and then take some bits and pieces from what had been done uh, and develop that into what I wanted to do, uh, like what messaging works good, uh, what kind of assets works good uh, and use that, but also try to do new takes on those kind of ads or campaigns. Uh, uh, but the main thing I did, I remember, was to do this, uh, try to drive ebook downloads. I don't know if you remember, you had like a, you, I think you wrote like four of them in a month or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we used Facebook for that, uh, which worked so good. We got a lot of ebook downloads, which was so good to see. I know they maybe didn't lead to like booked meetings or something, uh, but we still could see, it was like a test. So we could see what kind of ebooks and what kind of topics do they actually want Um and we could still get our, our message out um, yeah. to the audience. Um, so that was yeah, really that was nice a really um, That was an educative uh, effort that we did. We're going to talk more about those ebooks because we learned so much about them there. But did you know, did you do anything like in particular in the campaigns? Did you, did you try to reach new target audiences? Did you, what did you like do? My Facebook was and is I think still kind of tricky with their targeting uh, you yeah. have to really rely on 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 business manager to work its magic towards the audience so it's very important with your creatives and your messaging just to um, 
to reach the right audience um, through that rather than use interest-based targeting or, or whatever. You can, of course, use uh, retargeting as well, but I started really broad um, mm-hmm. mainly, but also using like the Facebook pixel um, to to optimize towards what we wanted them to do, uh, drive this ebook download. Um, and we still communicated like this is still for businesses. It's not for your um for your personal use, like like StoryKit at least. Um, mm. So we were able to anyway reach, um, I guess, the right kind of people that still has a video interest. Um, yeah. So it worked in that way. So, but what, since then we have moved on from Facebook quite a lot. Today we almost yeah. do nothing on Facebook. Why is that? Uh, I think Facebook is a, like it's a good awareness um, platform. Uh, people are there still. Uh, we still get a good reach. We still get low cost per click. Um, uh, it's a good awareness channel. Uh, but we also know our exact audience, who they are, uh, and we can reach them very straight on LinkedIn. Um, so that's a better channel for us at the moment. We have we we do, of course. People say it's a expensive channel i don't think so because we still have way better quality there so um so that's it's good in that in that sense yeah let's talk a little bit about the famous funnel because i i i can't count all the times when people have asked me what what's the funnel you use how do you push people through the funnel and i i believe in the funnel as uh a mental model for us who are creating stuff. But I am not that convinced that people actually move linearly through a funnel. What's your take on the funnel and using that for social media? I mean, we've talked about this, and of course you have to have the funnel way of thinking, uh, but you can't really determine when or where some to drive someone through it via strategy, but you still have to cover your content through all the stages of the funnel because you don't, you don't know where people are. I mean, you can't, if people don't know us, they won't book a demo with us uh, or they won't take action. Uh, so we have to, to cover that part too and create the demand, um, but also do bottom of funnel content for those who are ready and those who are having a deep interest in, in us uh, and know the value of, you know, in our case of, of video and how they want to use that. So, um yeah you have to think about what you want to achieve at each stage of the funnel and create content accordingly um so your content should be inspired by your marketing goals um Mm. so yeah but you don't see the actual individuals going like oh that was an awareness no now i get a consideration ad and that's a conversion ad because as i see it people just get stuff and yeah (laughs) maybe that's just me um so do you have a f- I know that you know a lot about this so what type of content do you think works best in every part of the funnel um I think testimonials works very good how-to videos um, um social proof content like people are influenced by other people's opinions so um, that's why testimonials and case studies works uh, really good I think um explainers um how 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 does our product solve what pain points our customers have, for example? Mm. Uh, what what is the value um, that kind of content? Would and I think you could that... use that. 
Oh, no, you go, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say that you use different kind of formats or different kind of contents uh, for the different funnel stages? Yes, uh, yes and no, I would say. Um, I think when it comes to bottom of funnel, you have to be like straight to the point. Um, like, okay, demo with us. It's not very much room to talk about other stuff than what we actually want them to take action for. Um, but I think, for example, testimonials and case studies could be used for awareness and it could also be used like uh, in a different format, of course, but also for like a, a demo ad. Hmm. And where does video show up in all of this? Everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, video video is, a, we, both, we both use videos and images, of course, uh, but video is a great way to like to tell your stories um, and to showcase like testimonials and case studies in a, in a effective way. Um, that's outstanding. And it's also favored by almost all the platforms is video, video, video everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, it's to our advantage to use video for, for a lot of content. Um, then, of course, uh, when it comes to how your uh, uh, how, how your how is it debited? The what? How your how, how, how they charge you? Yeah, exactly. How you, how they charge you? Uh, that mm. could differ from um, from platform to platform, of course, but because then like a video engagement is also something you could get charged for. Um, so we mm. use images sometimes for, for our book, a demo ad, uh, just to eliminate that kind of charging. Um, but it still, it works. But I'm, an old saying is like use every format. We often get a lot of like, why aren't, why is this ad of an image? Why aren't you using video since you're a video company, blah, blah, blah. And people actually complain about that. And I'm like, yeah. Why wouldn't we use other formats? What's your opinion? Yes. On that? Yes. And it also comes down to testing to test what works yeah. for you. Um, so we have to use um, all kinds of assets and formats um, to, to know what really works well for different stages, also for what we want to achieve and what kind of objective we use. Um, yeah. But I see higher CTRs, uh, lower CPCs when we use video, when we want to drive website traffic, for example. Um, having seen lower um, cost per results when it comes to, to lead gen ads when using images. So, um, and it, I think it could also depend like uh, on your business and what you communicate. And all, yeah. like, it all boils down to the actual content. Um, I mean, a good image could outperform a bad video and vice versa. So it's not just the actual format that uh, that says how it's how it's going to work. So you have to try there. Yeah, that's what we always say. You need to try it out a thousand times to learn what yeah. works. And with paid social, you can do that very fast because you just yeah. put the budget and you see what happens. And that's why it's so annoying that you can't put video and image ads in the same campaign on LinkedIn. Am I right? Yes, yes. Um, that's really a LinkedIn pain point fix for, that. for a marketer. Yes, fix that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've learned a lot over the year, but what would you say are, if 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 we don't talk about StoryKit in particular, what would you say are the general best practices when it comes to paid social overall? I know there are so many, it depends here, but if yeah. you would have to give a couple of good like pointers on in general. Uh, like 
know your audience. Who, who are they? Um, do they know about your business? And if so, what do they think of you? And uh, how much do they know about your company or your or your product? Um, it's not only about like persona, but also about their pain points and how you solve their potential problem or need. You have to know that in order to actually create good content that communicates towards those people. So you have to know your audience um, and also to know who, who to target. Um, who are they? Who, who are the people we want to reach? Yeah. Um, and before entering any platform, like have a strategy for how to use it. Um, so you don't have to be on every platform just because. Um, so think about what you want to do um, at each platform and see how does other people do? How do other companies do? How do our co- competitors do uh, on each mm-hmm. platform and take um, inspiration from that maybe uh, if it's like the first time um, starting up with something. Uh, and also align your creative with your conversion funnel. Uh, take some time to figure out what you want to achieve at each stage of the funnel, as we talked about earlier. Um, uh, who do you who do you want to reach out to and to create ads um, from that perspective? Um, and I also think embrace the video content because it's mm. it catches attentions and it's favored uh, by almost all platforms today. Um, people are more likely to purchase things from companies who they like uh, and trust and video is a better tool to use to show what your brand is about Uh, and at the same time it captures attention in uh, in an outstanding way and I know we have we have short attention spans we still want to uh, just continue scrolling in our feeds Um, so you have to 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 stand out uh, and video is a good way to catch attention Um, and with that said also get to the point early in um, like the first three to four seconds are the most important so yeah especially when it comes to ads yeah you don't stick around if you don't like it no um let's talk about a, a bit more about those gated ebooks because in the demand gen world right now there's a lot of hate on the gated ebooks and yeah. what we did a year ago we wrote four ebooks uh during the fall and we we had them gated and we did ads and we had tremendous success. I think there were like four or 5,000 downloads. They cost us pretty much nothing uh, all over Europe. And it was amazing up until we realized that we're not driving any kinds of business results through these. Uh, so what did, what did we learn about that, would you say? Um, I think... As I said earlier, we could see what kind of ebooks and what kind of content people actually wanted to know more about um, and communicate other ads and other blog posts and other content out of that uh, and try to communicate that in, in other formats. So that was a value, that was an insight. So even if yeah. it didn't drive actual business value or new customers or booked meetings, it, it still gave us something to know what to talk about, um, I think. Yeah, I really agree with that. And I think that we, I mean, we will keep writing ebooks and uh, playbooks and uh, and things like that, but I don't think we'll gate them in the future. What would you say about no. that? No, uh, I agree on that. I mean, obviously it worked for us, but I think as it didn't really drive any, any business opportunities, um, mm. just straight out of that, I mean, then we could just get our message out there uh, and continue to uh, to educate people uh, and that is way better to do ungated. So, would you say that it would be? Do you think that if we would put the same ebooks out today, ungated, do you think the cost would be lower 
for every uh, yes i would because that that also takes away one step How would you do that? Now I'm now I'm really curious. How would you yeah. do that? Would you would you would you try to make it like downloadable from the platform directly, or do you think still that we should get them to a landing page? If the main objective is to get people to actually download, then I would do it uh, in the platform directly because yeah. again, it it like eliminates one step, um, yeah. which is always good. Uh, but if we also see a value to drive people to our website in the same. Uh, If that's also something we value, then we could do that too. But it all comes down to testing. Um, yeah. But I think if we would do that test, I still think we would get more downloads if we put it on the platform directly. Yeah. Interesting. We need to try that. Uh, another thing that gets a lot of hate in the demand gen world is LinkedIn lead gen. Mm-hmm. Um, and our main CTR is, is CTA right now is Book a Demo. And we have driven really good results through the infamous LinkedIn lead gen. Uh, so tell me a bit about that. Why do you think we're having a lot of success with this? Yeah, I don't really get all the hate that lead gen ads gets. Uh, I know it's the most not the most interesting kind of ad, of course, uh, but it's getting straight to the point and it works for us. Um, I don't think you should put all your budget effort into Legion ads uh, because yet again, we have to be uh, everywhere in the funnel and not just book a demo with us. But I don't know, we can still communicate what pain points our audience may have and how we could be solved just throughout those ads too. Um, people are interested. They are they are booking demos through those Legion ads. Uh, and that's also one thing that I saw um, from my, before I started, We there were a lot of campaigns um, pushing people to the website and to book a demo there. Uh, and that's also like another step uh, in the way yeah. to do that uh, and just get them to fill in a form straight on LinkedIn works way better um, instead of having the conversions on the actual site. Um, that's it's still something we can do, uh, but through other ads. I mean, when we do awareness campaigns, we still see um, traffic to our website and people filling up our, our main form there too. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, but... Legion as works good for us. So I guess that's why I don't really get all the hate. Um, Now, you have also had a really good uh, cooperation with people at LinkedIn to uh, yeah. to work yeah, with this. Yeah, they've been uh, super helpful to, to, um, to help us set up a strategy and how, and how to work with the Legion ads, um, getting us some benchmarks and see how, how we perform. Uh, compared to that so uh, that's been super helpful to get that help yeah we really need to give LinkedIn some love here because oftentimes when you hear like oh you have someone at the company well they just want you to spend more money well of course they want Mm -hmm. us to spend more money but for us it's so easy to see if that money actually has effect and if they help us get more effect we'll spend more money so it's a win-win situation so I don't really get that Um, that type of hate, a lot of hate in this. <laughs> um, do I need to see? We always get kind of particular questions, like very specific questions. Um, and one that I couldn't really answer the last time when I spoke with Peter, our CEO, was how long should I run a campaign before I realize that okay this isn't working how much time should i give it do you have a good answer for that 
a good but boring answer is it depends <laughs> <laughs> like everything no. um, I mean it's hard to say it depends on the size of your audience um, mm. it depends on the size of your budget how much do you have to I mean those two are the most like important things do you have a really small audience then no need for a very long campaign the bigger your audience is um, the, the longer you can run it for but it all comes down to see how it performs basically yeah. and I I work very much with the like always on campaign so we don't uh, have an end date for them uh, but but that's um, through our perspective and, and our business goals um, but the most important here is then to rotate the ads um, instead within the actual campaign um, then of course if you have something that's like time limited if you want to promote a webinar for example or an event then yeah of course you have to have an end date on that um, but i think the most important is to see how your campaign performs and if you see like uh, decreased performance um, for a long long time even though you rotate your ads or or yeah then of course you you should maybe end it and create something new and different from scratch yeah. i would say I see that there has popped up some questions in the chat, Heidi. Is there anything we want to get into? No, you're on mute, I think. Of course I was. <laughs> uh, I think, um, let's start with this one, because I think it's very interesting. For an awareness ad, how do you measure if the ad is worth the awareness? How do you calculate it? How do you calculate it? How do you calculate awareness? Yeah, that's really hard. Uh, I think one thing interesting is to see how, like, how does your brand searches uh, change mm -hmm. um, at the same time that as you run your awareness campaigns? Do you get more brand searches? Um, are people more aware? Then you can, of course, look at uh, figures like your CPM um, and to always compare to yourself what you've done before um, and compare CPMs uh, within that campaign to see what kind of ads um work really good um but it's always hard to say how 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 yeah, awareness, awareness is performs. super hard to like, measure yeah that takes time too so maybe you can see the results even later but i know when we uh, do awareness campaigns for new markets for example um we see an increased brand searches sometimes and we see increased traffics and also signups through our main form on the website um so that's something you can see if, if it has an effect overall um but it's hard to to know how it's perceived in, in people's head. <laughs> yeah, I, I really agree. I think that brand search is a very, if you want to like, I mean, these things are so hard to distribute, uh, attribute, I mean. <laughs> uh, uh, and and uh, and I really think that looking at brand searches is one good way of, of trying to find some numbers that can tell you that something has worked. Also, uh seeing how things are moving at all i mean when we do aware we we tried an awareness campaign this summer on youtube for example yeah and that was a new thing for us and what we tried to see was that what's happening all over the place so is this affecting our linkedin cost is this affecting our linkedin following is this affecting our visits to the site our organic visits to the site their brand searches so you have to like pick up a, a whole bunch of different signals um, no, you might not be entirely convinced that everything comes from that specific campaign, but I mean, it is a big network of things that you are doing. Uh, and I, I really think that we could attribute that campaign a lot of action that was going on during that time. What would you say? Yeah, 
I agree totally on that. Um, and also when people when people hear about us or when our SDRs do an outreach, maybe our awareness campaigns can, oh, Story Kit, that's, I know I saw something about that. Or they have some kind of idea of what we actually do. Um, so that could also help, of course. Um, and also when we're running awareness campaigns, uh, parallel with our Legion campaigns, uh, I actually see uh, the cost per Legion going down. Um, yeah. So then, of course, you have to summarize all the budget that you spend. Um, but still, uh, they, they work very good together. Yeah. And talking about the SDRs, we really yeah. need to give some love to the SDR mm. marketing uh, cooperation in this company, because I think it's quite unique. You, the whole team, of course, but especially you have a really close contact with the SDR team. Tell us about that and why it's important for us. It's really important because if we get Legion ads uh, and the fill informs, it's so important to know what kind of quality it is. Is it the people we actually want to um, to get us inbounds um, or is it complete waste of money otherwise? So uh, it's really good to see like, um, what's your um, opinion about the leads coming in? Is it good quality? Is it the right people we're reaching? If not, who are they? So then we can exclude those from the targeting, for example. Um, so that's super important. And from my end, I can see like, oh, this campaign seems to go really well or Spain is like a super nice market for the moment because we're getting so lower cost per results. But then again, if it's not the right people that we want to reach, um, then it isn't our best market anymore. So, um, and yet again, it could say, looks like it's slow in Germany, for example, because we're not getting very many inbounds in, but the quality is on top. Uh, then that's yeah. the best market from that perspective. So it's super important to have that. We have like a daily uh, communication about that. So I really appreciate all their good work. Yeah, you've also been really good at using them for localizing things because we realized quite fast that we needed to localize much, much more than we had yeah. wanted to because it takes time. Uh, so how do you use them for that? Because we have SDRs um, from every market, yeah. like Spain, yeah. France, Germany, Switzerland, all of them. Yeah, it's about to get their help to understand. It's not about only translation because you can no. tra you can you can just take a text and translate it and assume that it will work uh, in that market because that's not the way they talk um so how how do i often say to them nowadays like do you know what works best on your market how would you want to uh, to communicate this message uh, you can take this as an inspiration uh, but write it with your own words in ways that you i know there's a saying in finland i don't have it on my mind right now uh, but vera said or as our finnish sdr uh, said something about this is like a common saying and it yeah. uh, worked very well with storytelling and video um so i was like perfect use that uh, because you know what works best in your market um yeah. and just from my end say we want to communicate like this perspective or or this pain point or uh, or this challenge uh, but happy to use your own words uh, to do that and to give them that freedom i think both they think it's funnier um to work that way uh, and it's even better so it's a win-win situation um and even if people all over europe or in the world are good at english um it still communicates better but yet again about catching attention um yeah. and that should be in your mother language yeah Really. And also one thing we also do with the SDR team is that we tell them what we are doing because at a lot of points we're communicating a specific message and they need to know how to 
respond if they get questions about that and so forth. But we can also ask them like, okay, we're going to try this and this. So please, could you keep us posted on what's happening out there? Yeah. And then we get a very quick response on like, okay, so we see that these things are working. These things are not. Um, mm. So I, I, it's been super exciting and I'm so happy that we have that, um, that alignment with the teams. Yeah. Uh, and the, the trick there is to talk a lot to each other. Um, I was going to ask you, you have tried loads of different ads. Uh, and when it comes to video, do you have any, or I know that you have, but what are your like best practice things when it comes to video? What works best when it comes to ads, social and video? Um, I think to, you have to test, of course, um, but <laughs> but again, uh, keep uh, uh, keep it kind of fast. Um, yeah. You have another attention span when it comes to ads compared to organic content. Um, you don't want to do, to be interrupted um, with something that's not interesting or relevant for you. Um, so get to the point kind of early um, in your video. Um, Keep it short but simple, um, maybe about 15, 30 seconds as maximum, mm. I would say, um, because we can't keep people's attention really, really long. Um, and also use a lot of videos because you can build retargeting layers towards that. I mean, if you have someone looking at 50 or 75% of your one-minute video, for example, or even 30 seconds, then you, you have you have their interest and you have their knowing and to build an audience based on that um, to then use further down in the, in the funnel um, for your bottom of funnel activities. Um, it's really good. One thing we've also seen that works, which is no surprise is faces. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And for me as a journalist who's been working with magazines, it comes as no surprise. You would not put mm -hmm. a, anything else than a face on a magazine yeah uh, and again get to the point early isn't that also a journalist's rule yeah truly or the and most important use, thing first yeah and we use our own employee our own colleagues a lot yeah. for for the ads uh, uh which is yeah. fun yeah, uh, it outperforms almost everything else. Um, so I've almost almost given up on a, other kind of content. But then you can do really a lot of different things within that concept, so to speak. If you use um, if you use people in your videos or in your ads, you can still uh, do that from different angles and with different topics. So, uh, but yeah, humans. And also when we're doing some testimonial ads, we can use sometimes the company logo uh, mm. and try that also with uh, with face um, and probably our logo would be more like people would know that or recognize that more but still um, the testimonials with the faces works better um, so yeah we're all humans talking to humans we're all humans hey do you have do you have any questions for us i got one question i got many who is asking you need to tell me who's asking i love that it's rick Thank you so much Yay, Rick. for uh, participating in the conversation. Um, I think it's going to be uh, hard to answer this without being totally biased, but uh, Rick asks, uh, videos are often an expensive thing to advertise because 
you need to put a lot of time and money to create the video without really knowing what the ad is going to do. Any tips on creating video ads without spending a lot of money on creating the video? I want to answer that. First, you need to have the right tool because you need to have a tool that enables you to try out a lot of things. If you are trying to create a super expensive, super complicated, the old way, specialist way to create videos or go to an agency, yes, you're right. Then video would be a very costly thing. But with the right tool, I know one, uh, you can actually create thousands of videos, really, well, thousands, but a lot of video very, very fast and try out different messaging, different assets, different colors, different lengths, different formats, different whatever, different languages. Uh, And when you do that, you will very fast realize what's working or not. And, And that's pretty much what we try to do. Am I right, Sophia? Yes. Yes, Yes. absolutely right. I don't have much of value to add to that. You said it perfectly. (laughs) Uh, Because, I mean, I remember when I I often come back to uh, when I interviewed Facebook about Facebook ads. And and one thing they said was that um, companies that work a lot with... um, with um, with direct response advertising, they might have thousands of ads out there at the same time just to try out different different things. And it can be one color, it can be one sentence, it can be one image that they're just tweaking and tweaking and tweaking to find that ad that will work even a bit better all the time. And that's the way to work because, I mean, if you have something that works, let it roll. Let it roll for a long time. It might work for a long yeah. time, but never uh, let that ad that works stop you from trying new things because all of a sudden you stumble upon something that works even better. And then you need to recreate that for a while and, and so forth. Yeah, and try to figure um, out what, 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 what is exactly in this ad that actually works. Is it the messaging? Is it the face? Or is it the yeah. color? Is it the CTA? Like, what is it? What can we continue to build on um, on that? Uh, I was going to talk to you a bit about the frequency. Um, yeah. <laughs> sometimes we get people like, we get so many ads from you, just stop posting. <sighs> Uh, and, but I, I know that there are golden rules when it comes to frequency in advertising. So please tell us about how you're working, Sophia. Yeah. I mean, that's like tricky because I mean, you you need to have like quite a high frequency just to get people to, to know your brand. And that doesn't happen from, from like like one ad. Um, so you have to keep popping up, uh, not too frequent though, uh, but still, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times but then again if we we work like bottom of funnel uh, and if people have seen our ads three or four times and still haven't booked a demo with us then maybe they're not interested so that requires like a lower frequency than if you want an awareness messaging out there um so i think it's it's like it's hard to know i mean yet again you have to check your performance and how it goes and if you see decreased performance um or high within uh, like a high frequency, then rotate your ads. Do that often. Is there like a benchmark what a high frequency is, or does that also depend? Uh, I would say it depends. I know for bottom of funnel content, um, two to four times is like a maximum. Then you should 
not aim for a higher frequency than for um, a week general. or uh, overall 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 okay yeah. interesting because sometimes we get people as i said we get people like we see your ads all the time we've also heard customers going like okay now i bought your tool could we please not get your ads anymore mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but that's kind of impossible isn't it to to exclude like every user that we get in or could we do yeah that? so we can exclude like certain companies and we can exclude certain job titles of course uh, which is something we we work with to do but again we also do a lot of other kind of campaigns where they might um, fit in or maybe yeah. the, it pops up because someone they know um, has in, engaged with us in our ads in some way and then it pops up again so which could be like organically um, and not by that we're charged for um, so it's impossible to 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 yeah yeah to just in- exclude everyone I also think yeah. that there's a point with that I studied in the university in my university days I studied uh cognitive dissonance theory quite a lot and one thing that 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 has taught us is that when we've bought something we want to read and see things that convince us that we did the, that we made the right decision so just cutting everything off after someone would have purchased storykit or whatever tool would just be a bit strange because that's when we want to Okay, I want to, I want to convince myself that I made the right decision. Um, so, so I wouldn't even want to do that. So you will keep getting our ads. Um, I think I have asked most of the questions that I had on my list. Um, do we have any more nice questions in the chat? Uh, we do. I know Rick asked in the beginning of the webinar, and I think he might have answered this, but. Um, he says, I personally never get attracted to YouTube ad ads. What is the goal of a video ad? Is it creating awareness or direct conversions? Sophia? Yeah, I would say you can use video for, for both goals, if yeah. that was a question. Um, I think for YouTube, as we have used it, it's most for awareness. Um, but with that said, that's because um, driving conversions, we have a better platform to do that and a better strategy to do that um, within another platform. Uh, but with that said, um, I think you could use you could try video, try try and see what works for you. Uh, also, depending on your business and your product, and your target group, um, to see what works. Yeah, I mean we've. I often say this, but we've tried and had so much success with video for. Uh, ebook downloads for webinar sign up uh, signups for um, booking a demo for almost every type of like true conversion that you can think of we have tried video and it has worked so mm. so uh, never never uh, you should never just consider video as a an awareness game uh, because then you're missing out i was going to ask you sofia uh, are there things you have completely stopped doing after learning that it just doesn't work when it comes to ads in social? Um, good question. Um, I guess there's a lot of things um, because I'm not a perfect person. I try things and, and they don't work well, of course. Uh, one main thing is like not try to drive, um, and that's for our business, but not trying to drive conversions through Facebook uh, because yeah. it's it doesn't work. It, 
it's getting so much more expensive. Um, but it's, it's a great way to to drive traffic to your website, for example, and to create awareness because yet again, people are there. But that's something I know I tried when I started here just to see how it works. Uh, it worked good for the eBooks, uh, but it, to drive people to book a demo didn't work at all. Um, Let me refine that answer because we talked about this quite a lot, you and I. Uh, it did work, but it was just all the time it was the wrong people. Yeah, true. We, and I we know drove it, it a were... lot of conversions through Facebook, but it was always the wrong people. Yeah. And what I mean with didn't work, business-wise it didn't work because we didn't, yeah. it wasn't the right people. So, huh. um, so of course, yes, it worked, but uh, it didn't work all the way the that way we wanted. Yeah. No. And are there, I guess this is a really stupid question because, uh, but anyways, are there things that you still want to try out? Uh, and the answer to that is yes, like a thousand things. But yeah. are there any specific things that you're really keen on trying soon? Yeah, I know you and I uh, have talked about this, but I'm very curious about getting more and more into TikTok um, yeah. as a B2B company. Uh, I think that's a super exciting platform. Um And it's like the new search engine. Uh, yeah. And it's a great way out to showcase your product and do these how-to videos. Um, so it's uh, just to create your your brand value and your brand messaging. Uh, I'm very curious to see what that would happen. I don't necessarily believe that we could like get people to book a demo, um, not in the beginning at least, um, but eventually within time if we do... If we enter TikTok as a platform and see what content that succeed and what ads that succeed, then maybe we can build up to actually have that as a conversion platform too, uh, eventually. So, yeah, yeah, that's something I'm also I'm, really excited about. What I want to do. Um, Heidi, did we have any more questions? We do. We got one from Draga who asks: If we plan to make ads on LinkedIn, how long should the video be? Are there any rules? We all know that the first seconds are crucial, but any tip on what works good for first seconds, especially if it's about product promotion or a new product promotion? Great question. Yeah, so how long it should be, you could test that. Um, I think it depends. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not a two-minute video. I also think they have an actual limit for, for ads. Uh, don't have it in my head right now how long that is. Um, but try, I think we use 15 to 30 seconds, um, mm -hmm. depending on the messaging and what, what the ad is about. Um, I mean, if it's if it's a good video, then people will continue to watch it. And uh, the, the perks with like a longer video is that you can, if people actually look, the view-through rate is 50 or 75%. That's a huge, valuable uh, mm. sign, and that you can build this retargeting layer onto later. Um. Yeah, I agree. And when it comes to starting the video, um, I would say that using faces, as we said, is a really good trick. It's not the only trick in the book, but it's a it's a good thing to try out. And um, people just waving smiling talking into the camera is actually really nice because it grabs your attention um but then again if you start with something else there are a thousand different ways to start a video really good but try to have a hook whether you're yeah. writing a headline or you're using a quote or you're um uh, starting the video with a question 
really work on that first hook because it needs to be something that um, that grabs the attention of the viewer. And it doesn't matter if it's organic content or ads, but it's especially important when it comes to ads. Um, so what I usually say is do avoid headings. Like don't start with the new report because that's not even a headline. It's just a heading and it won't catch anyone's attention ever. So work a lot on the first seconds and do try a face or two. And I think it'll work. Uh, Any more headings? Uh, no, I just want nope. to add, like, I know I for me, it was a really good learning process to give myself 10 to 15 seconds, like, regardless of what I wanted to say, and just treat, uh, keep experimenting and trying to use those 10 questions the best you can. Yeah. And then you will learn by just um, um, adjusting yourself. Yeah, um, that's so true. Then we got a question also from Rick about shopping shopping campaigns. Ooh. I sometimes close shopping campaigns because they do not create conversions. What is your experience with shopping campaigns? Do you have any? Uh, um, this, no, this is we, not for me, really but work. you might have any experience, Sophia. Uh, no, I haven't really worked with shopping campaigns, um, at least not for a while. No, I haven't really. Um, so what's the question again? How they don't perform good? The question was actually, what's your experience on it? Um, no, not really much at all. And the little experience I have is from years ago. So I think a lot of ha has happened within shopping campaigns since then. Um, so I think the bases there answer. are true, though. You still need to test so much and be quite quick about it. Because when it comes to shopping also, the direct response that we talked about earlier is like try to have a lot of content out there and really try to refresh it and learn from what, what you see. But I mean, those rules are so generic that that it's almost impossible to yeah, like, yeah, I'm going to try th really a lot of things. But I, I really do think it's the only way to learn because all these like best practices and stuff, it might not work for you. You really need to try what works for you and your product. So yeah, and I mean, if it was a straight answer to all of these questions, then no one would have a problem in the world. We wouldn't be sitting here talking, <laughs> I guess, because <laughs> now um, we would be rich then if we yeah. knew the answers. Um, well, then I think we're reaching the end for this episode. Thank you very much, Sophia, for coming and straightening things out for us. I am guessing Thank that we'll have you on again later when we have collected more specific questions because people always wonder and it's so difficult to navigate in the world of paid ads. Uh, and thank you, Heidi, and thank you to everyone that's been here, and especially you who have asked questions. They help us out a lot, and it's so fun to dig into other people's thoughts. Um, we'll be back again uh, in two weeks. We do this every second Thursday uh, live, same spot. That means a Zoom webinar. Uh, and you can also listen to this episode afterwards on a lot of podcast platforms. So please don't hesitate to come back and see you all uh, next, not next week, but the week after that. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye.